House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is the email address. I am Kevin. He is Jason. This is our 2021 end of year awards spectacular. We don't have an awards theme song yet. Mm. We don't. But we are going to name song of the year. So there will be some songs played at least at one point throughout this very special evening, Jason. Yeah, that's a good point. We should have some sort of... I feel like we need a song. Um, we also, just to have like little stats, like, oh, this is Scooter's fourth nomination and third win, or something along those lines when it happens. But Okay, I just came yeah, up and with And also, one. my voice sounds terrible. I am probably have COVID. Um, at least I will find out for sure tomorrow. Just throwing that out there. So if I start coughing or whatnot, uh, that's why. You don't sound any different, at least... Oh, good. To my ear. Now, people who listen to the pod every week may be able to pick up on a different tone. But I hope I hope it's negative. You feeling okay? Uh, not great. Uh, better than the first time I had COVID. Um, just, yeah, I got like a cough, sore throat, congestion, a okay. uh, little bit of achiness. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, some of my family got it. Both me and my wife are feeling pretty crappy, so... You know, it's possible, but no one's no one's in really bad shape, so I think we'll be good. A very appropriate end to twenty twenty one. Yes, exactly. I just thought of a theme song. It goes a little something like this. I just thought of this off the top of my head. <laughs> just kidding. No lawsuits. That was a joke. Let's get into it. Let's start first, Jason, with race of the year. Now, for all these, you have. A selection. I have a selection. We, we'll probably throw around potential nominees as well. Yeah. Thing, other people or races or events that we consider. But I'm looking down this list, and for the first time, there's a lot of agreement uh, amongst us, which I'm a little disappointed in. Maybe you're throwing me a head fake because you have like your secret document. But let's start first with, with race of the year, which I don't think is going to be a surprise for anybody. Uh, I'll allow you to lead off. Yeah, I mean, I always try, you know, if you had yours up first, I, I try to go different. But there's some ones that are just so obvious. And uh, this one, you know, I got a men's and women's race because, you know, why not? Okay. It gives me a chance to be less decisive and pick two things. And it's obviously the Olympic 400-meter hurdle finals. Um, they were two of the greatest races I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it, it, there was so much hype going into those, and they actually exceeded it in every way. I followed the rules and just picked one. So I went That's with fair. I went with the men's and our snap reaction was the men's and maybe that was because the men's went first, maybe it's because Warholm put it in the forty fives. I don't know why. We went and looked at the numbers, I remember after the fact. And real close. It was very close under a bunch of different metrics, whether or not you're looking at the point tables, whether or not you're looking at percent improvement from the previous world record, which was set by the other person or that same person earlier in 2021. So it, w- it was very hard to, to pull it apart. Um, 
so I, I stuck with the men. I stuck with the men. I, I just went with the the feeling that I had coming out of that meet, actually coming out of that set of days. Because I think we recorded we recorded after the men's, and we were saying, "Hey, yes, there's a possibility that we're going to get this exact same scenario playing out tomorrow." And twelve we hours later, did. it did. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it was. It wasn't even just the two at the top, which was was the biggest thing, but the depth. I mean, it it was basically everything you know that men's eight hundred in twenty twelve was um, where it was, but but there was even actually some question of who was going to win a little bit. In yeah, both. I think it was better. I think it was better. That so so like that's even crazier. But it it dragged everyone to all time PRs to you know breaking shattering records. It was it was just like I said, it exceeded expectations, and uh, yeah, it was a build up over the past couple few years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Of, you know, hey, this there's been some great races, and, you know, every time McLaughlin and Muhammad compete, it's a world record, and mm-hmm. you know, we don't get to see it as often on the men's side, but, like, there's, can Ry Benjamin beat Warholm or not? And, I right. mean, for a brief second, coming around the final turn, he, like, looked like he was pulling ahead, and then, you know, Warholm obviously runs 45. Like, it, it just, yeah, I, I just don't see any, <laughs> I mean, like, I, that's, that's an all-timer. Like, those will be in my head forever. I think those two move ahead of the 2012-800 for me. Yeah. That's... I, you, you're probably... You might be right. I think cause, because of the question... Like, the 2012 was amazing and the depth was amazing and everything, but it was like, hey, this is Rudisha. This is... Let's put Rudisha on the platform and just yeah. watch one of the greatest athletes ever do his thing. And that's always amazing. But to actually have the question on both, like, who's going to win and even with less than 100 meters to go, not knowing who was going to win each race added to an element that uh that you know that that 800 couldn't compete with yeah i put the rudisha race in a similar bucket as some of those kipchoge races where it was him against the clock really right and it was an individual spectacle kipchoge a little bit different because he had all these remixes on records where he's, i can do it in vienna i can do it on an f1 track i can do it upside down i can do it round and round all sorts of weird weird things so were, were there any other races that you even considered? Honestly, no. I, I just I don't think there was a lot of you know great races, but these these two were just it was like no question. I, originally, it was like, hey, which one am I going to pick mm-hmm. out of these two? But then I was like, yeah, you know what, men's women's side, why not? Like that seems fair, and it just yeah, I just don't think anything else. You know, there was some some amazing. Um, you know, the, the women's hundred races, but even then I never feel like an, a hundred can be the race of the year. Yeah. Like it just, it's too quick. It's too quick. It's too like, there's not enough hap, you know, to like, by the time you know what's going on, it's over. Yeah. Um, so that like that couldn't do it. And obviously that was, you know, some of the most exciting races, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was these like, it wasn't, it wasn't close. I'm looking back in time because we've doing, been doing this ever since 2012. We didn't do it, the, or I didn't. We didn't write it down the first year. Maybe we didn't do it. Something like that. I don't remember. But so last year you had Gaudet's five thousand meter world record as the race of the year. I had Chepter Guy's five thousand. Twenty nineteen, you had women's four hundred meter worlds. That's the Miller Weibo NASA race. Yeah, that was great. I had the women's four meter hurdles at worlds. I don't know why you didn't pick that. Maybe you were still in a contrarian mindset then. <laughs> 2018, you picked Miller and Nasser again. Okay, I see what you were doing. You were just picking Miller and Nasser every single year. I picked the women's 4x4 at NCAAs. That was USC and Kendall Ellis' big comeback against 
Purdue. 2017, you had women's 1500. That holds. I had women's 1500. See, I wasn't ashamed to just pick the same as you when the race was warranted, whereas I feel like you wanted to go another direction. 2016, well, you have two listed. Men's 400 at the Olympics and men's 5K at the trials. You probably put men's 5K at the trials because you were there. So you're like, this they say that was like alive. Yeah. So I, had, I think I had both. Okay. I put but wi- men's 400 at the Olympics was the answer. I put women's 10,000 at the Olympics. So I was on drugs in 2016. Okay. <laughs> 2015. There, I could hear a little bit difference in your voice with that laugh. That was not a typical Jason laugh. That was a, God, I hope you get better laugh. 2015, you put, you just wrote men's 400. I don't know for what. Um, I put women's 4x4 at World Champs, men's 400 at World Champs. Okay, so that, that was a Felix 47-7, but they lose to Jamaica. 2014, mm, yeah. you went NCAA indoor 4x4. I'm guessing the women's race there. I went Meb in Boston. I'm an iconic guy. 2013, I think we both went women's 400 at World Champs because you have X's by yours. And then 2012, I went with the men's 800 at the Olympics, David Rodisha's race. Do you know what race you went with? Oh, God. I didn't go with the men's 800. Maybe <laughs> I just had to pick something different there. That's Maybe the we only, had only yeah. excuse. We had some arbitrary rule. You went with the men's 10,000, probably because it uh, confirmed your pick. The, the, the That's true. That, and that was an awesome race, but no question it's the men's 800. I, I'm guessing I just wanted to go different. Yeah. Or I was like, hey, we have to go different. And you're like, all right, this guy, <laughs> tell me what to do on this podcast. <laughs> I guess I'll do it. Let's just. Let's go to the not race of the year then. We did the race of the year, not race of the year. Uh, it was unanimous this year, folks. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows. We've, we've made fun of this race throughout the entire year. And we didn't – are we picking the enti- – we're basically picking not event of the year, right? Or are we picking – Yeah, the- I think that's more accurate. Yeah, because not race of the year. I mean, that's a little more – I guess that would be more a race we expected to be great but then wasn't. But I, I like the idea more of just like, hey, this event was was lousy. Yeah. Do you want to do the honors? Yeah, men's 800. Um, Come just, on down. Man, just absolutely terrible. Um, really, really rough. There was some some excitement early. Um, Hopple, Brazier talk. Yeah, But that ended pretty quickly. I had the men's steeple as a, a nominee in this. I felt mm. like that was one we never spent more than 15 seconds talking about combined <sighs> yeah. for the whole year because it was also... I think the best time of the year was like eight oh eight oh eight, something like that. So it just there, there, you know that was that was kind of a down year for the steeple. But the men's eight was like kind of ridiculous. Men's steeple didn't have as far to fall, whereas yes. the men's eight hundred did. Because sorry, my daughter's screaming in the background. She said, "Hey, she geez. loves the eight hundred, but she's upset that you know." This she, knows, was, she knows though. This was me watching the Olympic eight hundred final. Should I try to do it one more time? Should I do it one more time? Do you think before we put the eight hundred to bed? Uh, I mean, I may have this on a later category. Oh, the 800? I mean, oh, th- okay. this specific thing you're talking about. Okay. What's well, athlete of the year? Men, women. I've talked about it ad nauseum. I'm not going to go any further. Rojas, Krauser. Um, that's it. That's the correct answer. Yeah. And uh, I mean, those are great answers. Not going to argue with them, but I'm going to pick different people because why not? Uh, Thompson, I think you could, you know. Mm. I think you make the argument for sure with Thompson. Um, I mean, I have Krauser listed here, but now I'm just going to pick Warholman then because oh, he ran 45 nine. You can't so. change him. Why not? Okay, he can, he ran like four times. Uh, Rojas and Krauser both basically had perfect seasons, which we talked about at the time. Yeah, Elaine Thompson. This was the toughest year for athlete of the year. 
yes, I can question. that I can remember, and I've probably said that three times, but this time it's serious because you had just with again Krauser, you had him taking down this record that was ancient. And in addition to that, it's not as if he did that and that was his only thing and he was just a one throw under. Right. Like the resumes were just so stacked this year. That's what made it so tough. It's not as if Thompson Hurrah was great in the Olympics and then did nothing in the regular season or vice versa. She's great in the regular season but got a silver. No, she got three golds. So and right. Rojas for the and she top. ran ten six and ten seven like seven ten like five times. Yeah, yeah 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 but I mean like outside of the, even her best performance that's like, what, she was yeah assaulting the top ten list that's what I'm saying like some of these you know past winners a lot of it's like okay they just dominated the championship or they had um a, a really solid regular season but it was just everything for all these all these candidates and you know you could throw Savannah San in there as well Sydney McLaughlin et cetera et cetera. I think for the men, it comes down to those two. I've explained my pick. but And Rojas, you know, four of the best five jumps of all time is ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. No, it's, it's, it is the most loaded it's ever been. Um, you know, some of the, like, people who didn't make the finalists, like, would have won in previous years. Yes. Pretty easily. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> you just had, you had other people, like, like a thing, Mo, and it's like, well, yeah, she's ninth or whatever. Like, I don't know, like how you figure, but she right. couldn't have had really a better year. Um, but yeah, you have McLaughlin. Like, oh, I'm just gonna set the world record twice. Yeah, yeah, and then not be but, in the top, two. but also run the high hurdles eight times, yeah. which you know took you away from consideration. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it's. I mean, it was it was insanely loaded. There's, it's it's just yeah. You, you could. I mean, it, and it's already hard enough to compare across events. Um, but I'm not going to argue with Rojas Krauser. I mean, that's that's amazing. I'll just you know I'll, I'll throw out the two two other options. Breakthrough of the year. You mentioned her name just a second ago. Thingmo. Yeah, is my breakthrough of the year. Now this one is tough because it depends how you define breakthrough of the year. But 2020 for her was you know that was her senior high school, so it was a bit, <laughs> right. of, a, a bit of a mess. So. We have a situation where she's coming into her first college season, breaks NCAA records all over the place, indoors, outdoors, 400, 800. She's running these ridiculous four-by-four splits. She goes on, wins trials, and then just blows away in dominant fashion an Olympic final field. And then you go back to, okay, when's the last time we saw her? 2019. And she was good then, obviously. Makes USAs. But... Didn't make the team, made the final, right? Was there, but wasn't wasn't in the mix in that final fifty. And then she goes from that to this. That's yeah. why that's why I define it as a breakthrough. Now, if we had twenty twenty, perhaps she could have made a more incremental step. But right, she just dominated her Olympic comp- uh, competition and. I just, I mean, to, you'd think that there would have been more, more coming, right? Like more, more, more hints that this was going to happen. And the reason why, because we were surprised by it, because if you go back and listen or read or whatever to what we were saying or what people were writing about it, it was, yeah, I think she can win the trials. And then it's like, oh no, she's definitely going to win the trials. And then, yeah. it, oh, she can win the Olympics. Oh no, she's definitely going to win 
the Olympics. Um, I guess you could go back and say, hey, 2019, she ran that 600 at USA's and beat Raven Rogers and ran 153. But it's just tough to look at 600s. And then again, her season ended with her getting fifth and running 201. Fifth and 201 is awesome for somebody who in 2019 was, was 17 years old. That's amazing. Yeah. But that is so far from Olympic champion and 155 low, which is what she became. And we've seen a lot of people run 201s. Not a lot of people run a 155 low. No, oh, yeah, it's. <clears throat> I mean, she was definitely one of the first names I thought of with this. Um, I decided to go to you know make sure because I think that this athlete has just as good of an argument is uh, Camacho Quinn. Um, Interesting. She was undefeated. She right. ran like an all-time type time, you know, twelve twenty-six. Um, yeah, she didn't lose a race, and she was good, you know, for previous years like obviously didn't really run in 2020 2019 was kind of a random lost year to be honest yeah um but so it was actually better back like earlier in her career but um all of a sudden if you become without question the best at your event and you don't lose the whole year i mean she basically did what a thing mo did um yeah yeah good pick good pick underrated too because yeah i mean high hurdles was pretty quiet this year excuse me um yeah i think it kind of like I was going through, you know, medalists trying to think, and I'm like, oh, yeah, man, Kamacha Quinn, like, really, she just established herself as the clear best at her event. And like I said, she did not lose. Yeah. No, good pick. Good pick. Um, I guess just because she's a little bit older, and we saw her win an NCAA title, a thing mode did the NCAA. A thing mode was 2021 was four seasons in one, basically. She went from well, that's, upstart I, I would say, to, like, she went from upstart to dominant <laughs> Olympic, like, prime Rudisha Castor Semenya in one year. It's weird. Yeah, and like I, I wonder, <clears throat> I don't know which one is more impressive, but, I mean, Mo doing it, like, it, it's almost like, hey, the number one overall pick ended up be- making an all-star team, like, her first year. It's like, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Camacho Quinn was a little more, I mean, she was really good, but she was a little more out of nowhere as far as just becoming, without question, the best at 25. Yeah. Yeah. So, just a different kind. A most improved player type of uh, season. Any other people you considered? Uh, Lamont Jacobs on here. Because who was Lamont Jacobs before this year? A I mean, long jumper? Yeah, I mean, like, literally did not know his name at all. And then I also put Grass, your boy. Um, wow, breakthrough. Got the gold medal. Yeah. I mean, he'd never done that before. So that was, I mean, for a guy who was knocking on the door for seven eight years whatever it is yeah like i think uh, i think a gold medal he deserves uh consideration door knocker of the year yes i think that <laughs> could be the category for him you all right yeah i'm sorry getting trying through. to clear my throat you got something to drink i do i've got a gatorade here okay some water here but all right stay hydrated I don't know. Sorry, this probably sounds terrible. That's I'll, not I'll actually as much as I can in post. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, suspension of the year. Suspension of the year. Two main ones to choose from. Um, I went with Houlihan. Yeah. I still don't believe that's like. <laughs> Sometimes I think about that and I think, did I just did I black out for a second? Like it's weird to think 
that this is going to be a, a, a four-year suspension. We've all, you know, we've gone through the case, talked about it numerous times. The timing and the announcement, even though that's not unique, we usually find out about these things right before the trials, but yeah, was huge. Um, the viral nature of the explanation was a big story. And just the lasting impact of it, because this is four years. This is somebody who uh, medal contender for the U.S., American record holder, on and on and on and on, and just looked as if she was poised to be the next Flanagan type or next Jenny. You know, runs off a million teams in a row. I mean, she'd already established herself, obviously, but this just looked like okay, she's at mid career and she's going to do this for another five, six, seven years, and all that is in, in jeopardy now. So I, I went with Houlihan. I thought that was the biggest suspension, uh, the biggest suspension of the year. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like you mentioned, lasting you know, consequences of it and how it's going to affect the sport over several years. So <clears throat> I agree, Houlihan's a bigger bigger deal, um, like long-term. And so, I mean, but it's obviously it was not nearly as high-profile as Shikari. Yes, and, that's and true. that's what I picked just because it was the biggest story. I mean, one of the biggest stories in sports for a couple weeks, um, which does not happen in track very often. Uh, overall, it will not be as consequential as Houlihan mm-hmm. because, first of all, she was no chance of beating Elaine Thompson. Yeah. And, you know, probably not Shelly and Price. Maybe she could have, um, you know, snuck a, goal, a bronze possibly. I, who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> but, Houlihan for four years worth of trying to get a medal versus, you know, the month that Shakari missed. Um, not going to be as big of a deal, but it was still the biggest deal in, in the sport this year. And it, at least right now, it obviously Houlihan's is damaging to her legacy. Whereas Richardson, if she goes on and runs as we know she's capable of running and one day gets a gold medal, it'll just be a small part of her story, I think. Yeah, some people like her more because of it. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Right, right yeah. now, some people like her. Yeah, more because of it. Okay, I got more on Richardson later. I put her in a different category. Let's go to let's go to choke of the year. Not a fun category to no. talk about, but we have to mention this. Uh, we've had a lot of just prestigious winners throughout the year. Um, Bolt's victory lap versus the Segway was a, a previous winner back in twenty fifteen. The women's 2012 1500 from the Olympics, which got nominated in 2016 because people are still getting DQ'd. Um, oh, wait, no, that was the not race of the year. Excuse me. Where's the choke of the year? Sorry, let me get some previews. I'll last year, Faith Kipiegan going for the 1K record three times. And not uh, getting it. And not getting it, which motivated her. I picked last year the DCO officer who was looking for Nasser and ended That's up right. knocking on the door Include that uh, was holding gas canisters. Uh... Baba I had on here. Phil Knight, I said, choked. Oh, probably because knocking down Hayward. Uh, I was mad. Mm, yeah. P- the pace clock at sub two got it. You picked Kenny Harrison here, US relays. Okay. So let's go. Man, the USA IAAF in choosing Doha for the world championships. That was the 2014 winner. This show is so old <laughs> that that meet was two years ago. Uh, okay. I'll go. US 4x1. Yeah. US men's 4x1. Didn't get it done, and we can litigate it till the cows come home. But again, didn't get through to the final. Even uh, I mean, I mean, it was just 
everything you fear about the U.S. 4x1 came to fruition. We heard the stories afterwards about how they there was really no practice at all. No one knew what was what. You had a bunch of capable runners, obviously, and the gap, the opportunity to win was great because Jamaica's been down. There's no reason that they should have lost to anybody in this field, but they uh, they got sixth in the second heat at the Olympics, losing to China, Canada, Italy, Germany, Ghana. Those are the five that went in front of them. Wow. So, again, uh, you know, bad handoff on the backstretch, slowed everything down, and then Kevin Gillespie's anchor leg was not good enough to get them into automatic qualifying position. This is one of those big what-ifs, though, because, say – Say they run instead of Gillespie. Say they run, I don't know, someone who runs a quicker leg, Bednarek or something on that thing, and they sneak it. They only lost to Ghana by .02, and they get through the final. And then but they lost to Ghana by .02. I mean. Well, I know. Just, just work with me here. I understand how ridiculous it is. But just say they got, because 2019, we forget, they almost got DQ'd in the first round there, and then they went on yeah. to the to the final with the A squad, with Coleman, with Lyles, et cetera, and dominate everybody. They could have run that same team back and won in the finals just with cleaner handoffs. 37-5 is obviously doable for, for that group. The U.S. 100 was solid this year individually, and the 4 by one once again, didn't get it done. I'm curious to see if they make any changes. This seemed to be, this seemed to be a moment of uh, where they could turn it around. Because the criticism was so high, but I bet if you went and looked back at previous Olympics where they've failed to get the baton round, you say, "Oh, now things are going to change. This is going to be the turning point." So I'm not naive enough to think that they'll get it fixed, but I'm curious to hear what solutions they come up with. Yeah, the four by one could be a staple of choke of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've got a couple gold medals in there, but mostly yeah. it's and, and they were so much better than everybody else. I mean, just as far this was their chance. Look, this if is you look their at the window. world list. Yeah. Like it's like just. U.S. guys all over it, mm-hmm. you know, 9-7, 9-8, like over and over. There were so many possibilities. You had nine guys to choose from, mm-hmm. and they still screwed it up. So that's a great pick. My pick kind of, I guess, includes your pick a little bit. Um, I went with men's U.S. sprinting because mm-hmm. across the board, um, this was, you know, supposed to be one of just like the dominant years. You had so much young talent, even with Christian Coleman out. You know, it would have been a, a gold medal favorite. You had Bermel running nine seven, a, a couple times. Yeah. You had Ronnie Baker running really well. You had Marvin Bracy running really well. Um, Fred Curley ends up being the one guy to medal clutch in, in the hundred. Which you know, okay, I'll get to that later too. Um, Noah Lyles, obviously a dominant force at the two, <clears throat> but just didn't figure it out until post Olympics. And so we'll be, we'll see what happens with him. But we had, you know, some exciting things happen. Bednarik had a great year. Knighton mm-hmm. had a great year. But, like, again, should have been, like, a guaranteed gold medal. Kevin bet his house on it. Um, <laughs> I did. And the 400, Michael Norman, was, you know, everyone's pick to break the world record a couple just a couple years ago. Yeah. And now the dude, I, I don't know, can he break 44? Like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. So across the board, it's it's, you know, hey, one thing can happen to any of these. But when you have all three sprinting events and we could throw the 800 in there, which is not sprinting. I know, but if you want to keep it going yeah. um, for all those things to happen, it's just like, what the hell? Like that's, that's crazy. One, if you want to extend to 
hurdles, you could say Holloway not getting it. Oh, done. that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Benjamin 100%. did did all he could. I'm not going to knock Benjamin for that. But you look at all that that sprinters. Curly consistent throughout gets a medal. Benaric consistent throughout gets a medal. Bromel good before the Olympics, not good at the Olympics, good after the Olympics. Yeah. Why? I have no idea. Baker good before the Olympics, you know, okay during the Olympics, but not enough to get a medal. Coleman suspended. Then you go 200. Lyles okay before the Olympics, not that great Just at the never Olympics. Right though, yeah. And then great after the Olympics at pre. Yeah, didn't make any sense. Arian Knighton good all year, just not quite there because he's a teenager. He's a child. <laughs> 400. Michael Cherry consistent all year, just <clears throat> best not year of his career. Good. Yeah, just just not not enough. Norman was the guy who was really underperforming like across the board. Like if you go and you look, he you know won trials. That's the that's the high point, right? But, yeah, and even that was in forty four zero. It was kind of like, and you know, I mean, I was kind of off board a little bit, and you were trying to talk me up, like, hey, he's gonna figure it out. And forty four zero, that made me go, okay, maybe he's gonna be okay. But I yeah. still didn't think with Stephen Gardner, yeah, it's just better. I mean, it's just it's not they're not close right now. I don't, I don't know what Norman has to do to get back to it, but you know, like I said he ran forty four three in the final. That's that's not gonna get it done. I'm just saying of all those. <clears throat> Of that long list of people, you can extend it to the hurdlers too. The person I'd be most, and we'll get into this when we talk about what we're looking forward to seeing in 22. The person I'd be most concerned about is Norman because what do you take from the season? Everybody else is a positive that they, a really big positive they can That's a good draw point, from. Yeah. Because Bromel can say, well, man, man, look how good I was before. Look how good I was after. It was just whatever the issue was for those those couple weeks that, that set me back. Right. So Lyles can do the same thing. Bednarik and Curly were great throughout the year. They got a lot of positives to choose from. Holloway almost broke the world record. Benjamin just happens to be running against shattered the world record. Yeah, just <laughs> just at the wrong time. But everybody's yeah, got. Yeah, I, I give no no. Uh, I you know I've given Benjamin some crap over the years. I've I've given no no ill will towards him for this one, except when he pulled out of Dubai or whatever it was. But all right, so let's look at. Um, Let's go to episode of the year. I'll just keep, I'm going to keep going in order, even though these don't make sense. Yeah. I picked every episode where we debated how fast Carson Warholm could run on the 800, <laughs> which was about That was four. at least five or six weeks, probably. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I went with. I don't know how that started. I think someone might have emailed in about yes, it. Yes. I, I went through all the – well, I mean, at least skimmed all the emails uh, yeah. in the last couple of days. And uh, there's a lot of them. There's yeah. a ton. <clears throat> and then, of course, we get you know people – we, you know, everyone knew a 400 meter hurdler yes, who was also an 800 meter runner, exactly. and it was it was it was very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, except we know that you're wrong because your time for Warholm kept getting faster to where he would run. I'm telling you, 142 is on the table. <laughs> so that's what I picked. That was the most fun uh, ongoing topic that we had. Through. I feel bad that we're doing this episode now. I feel like I am punishing you, Jason. Because no, no, I, like I said, right. I'm I'm sorry for people who have to hear that. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm going to try to cut out my ones. In in editing uh, the the coughs while you're talking, so <laughs> we only have like 18 more categories. So that's perfect. Good. We're good. And then 12 um, emails. No, that that was a great episode. I I love that. I feel like almost once a year we have one continuing argument. That's like just mm-hmm. it, it's one thing we'll just focus on for a while, and it's I always enjoy those. Those are good times. Um, People don't know this. Let me jump in real quick. We yeah, actually please. don't like each other at all. So like, oh, can't stand it when yeah. the hatred comes out through a debate a seemingly mundane debate about track and field 
it's really just a proxy war for Jason and mine's disgust. Um, Everything's personal. Yeah. For each other. Yeah. We hate each other since high school. Um, you the, know, a lot the problem of is we're just making so much money doing this podcast. We can't stop. Everybody has that person that really bugged them in high school. Maybe they bullied them, teased them, beat them in too many races or something. And then they kind of forget about them as they grow older. Maybe see them on LinkedIn every now and again. You're like, oh, great, Steve. Way to be endorsed for that skill of leadership, you loser. Jason and I had that relationship, except we started a podcast uh, together. But we hate each other deeply. Go 100%. ahead. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, hate your guts. Um, so my – I put two on here. I think the one I'm going to give it to was – we did the Olympic betting odds email and that uh, a show, and that happened to be the same episode the Bucks clinched the championship. Oh wow! So it was a combo that worked out pretty well. Mm. Two things that we you know we were rooting for throughout the year, um, and obviously I love you know talking Olympic betting odds. Um, then I also put in the Ted Lasso episode where we uh, talked about Ted Lasso for forty five minutes at the end. Yeah, because I thought that one was a was a good time. Literally nobody cared about us talking about Ted Lasso, but we did. And it was no, fun. but I enjoyed it, and so yeah. that's all. Yeah, it's not that episode of the year for the listeners it's the episode oh, of the year for me gotcha yeah. yeah all right those are good picks fall start of the year now this can be a literal fall start <laughs> or it can be a figurative fall start um i couldn't think of any good figurative or literal fall starts this year that were significant i'm sure there were some but instead i went with team usa metal takes because mm. A lot of people jumped on the point that you were referring to early. Hey, the U.S. men's sprints, they came up short here and didn't get a gold there. And then there was the, well, the running events don't have any gold medals. And the men, you know, they kept, there was, there was this desire to frame it um, incredibly negatively. But then when you actually looked historically at the overall output by the end of the competition, it wasn't that far off. Team USA ended up with 26 medals, 7 gold, 12 silver seven bronze there were definitely some bad stats in terms of this is the first time they've never had a gold and whatever the 100 200 but it's a lot of this it's just going to happen you know the sport gets deeper and deeper more countries um are becoming players in track and field than ever before it's just the reality it's not swimming so you're gonna have years like this where carson warholm blocks rye benjamin from getting a gold where rye benjamin should get a gold and Andre de Grasse is going to run the race of his life, and it's going to keep the U.S. from from getting a gold in the 200. That's just going to happen. You combine that with some bad luck. But all all things being equal, you take a broader look, and the U.S. was fine. And it's one of those things. You take this small sample size out of four years. It's really it's really hard to pull too many strong takeaways out of it. And I all the things were silly about they didn't have a camp or blah 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 and. I don't know. What were some of the other ones? The trials were at the wrong time. It's just, right. it's just, it's a competition. And sometimes you're going to get 26 medals. Sometimes you might get 31. Sometimes you might get 21. Like we're dealing with fractions of seconds and small, small margins. And we're using that to extrapolate bigger points. So I thought that was, that, that take throughout the meet was, was premature. And then even after the meet, it was done without really a, a deep dive. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there was the the handful of men, mainly sprinters, and 800 runner. Like, like the, the the guys who were thought to be... Yeah, 19 locks. set too high of a bar. 19 yeah. set too high of a bar. That's what it, it did, but at the same time, like, they absolutely underachieved. Like, the, the fact that you could go, 
I mean, like I say, Coleman, extenuating circumstances, but you could have <clears throat> Lyles, Norman, Holloway, Brazier, and, you know, they get you zero goals. Like, that That was inconceivable. But, okay. Sure, but that's sports, right? I just don't, like, what do you do? It's I, just, you know, I guess so the, any one the, of them is fine, like, is, is totally normal, and you just go, hey, what happened? But when, when four of them happen at the same time, then you just go, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think those takes were, like, ridiculous. Like, I think it was, like, but he it said it's it's a handful of athletes that just happen to not perform. And the overall medals can end up being pretty close because, obviously, U.S. has extreme depth, especially in the sprints. Um, but I don't think it's, like, unfair to say, like, hey, yeah, like, the, the top-level male sprinters, like, sure, underperformed. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. The, the, where I have the problem is, so what do you do about it? Like they're using it. Oh as, yeah, no. They're using and it I think the excuses are nothing. Like I just think shit happens. Like I really well, right, think that's kind right, of what it comes. My down point. To. So there's no. That, that's my point. There's no real take to be had. Like we could go through one by one and explain what happened to each of those athletes. But I think it was just a confluence of different factors. Yeah, it wasn't good. I'm not gonna say this was the best Team USA sprinting performance ever on the men's side. I'm not gonna say that. But I just think. It being evidence of some larger problem is not accurate. In the, oh yeah, I, in the I agree with that one hundred percent. And then if you want to go over, you know, and look at the the women's side, it's like, oh yeah, I didn't win the one, didn't win the two, didn't win the four, but we're just going to forget all about the four hurdles. Like that doesn't count. Like you, have, yeah, yeah, and like, and I think it's like because on the women's side, you look at it and you just go, well. Of course they didn't win the one and two. <laughs> like it's or the of course four. they didn't like, win the four. What the how they yeah? So I'm saying the one, two, and four. Like yeah, like. Of course not. Like that's where you actually go, holy crap! Like the you know, Allison Felix won a bronze medal. Like that's that was right. That was you know because it's yeah. all about expectation, right? It's it's on the women's side, you, you didn't really have any expectation. Maybe you know, Shakari pre sure. everything else happening, you could some people you know, obviously in retrospect, like I said she wasn't running ten five. I feel pretty safe saying that. Um, like no one was beating Elaine Thompson. But on the men's side, it was more underperformance. But like I, I agree, there's nothing you can take from that. It's just like, hey, that's weird, um, right? And it's it's not you know it's one thing in the NBA. You have a team, you have the Clippers, like just fall apart in the playoffs two years in a row, right? There you can go, okay, what's the deal? Like, do we need coach? Is it Colt? Like, what's going on? All these guys have different teams. All these guys are different coaches. Like, you can't yeah. just correlate them together it just so happens they run for the same country but that doesn't actually mean anything yeah and you saw afterwards lyle's okay he looks pretty good bromel yeah he ran another nine seven albeit at altitude but look at like on the women's side yeah you were like oh my gosh no medals in the one or no golds in the one and the two like what are you gonna do there like yeah, of course my thing is like <laughs> my my thing is more like holy shit gabby thomas got bronze like that's awesome yeah that was awesome that was out of nowhere how about Courtney Frerichs getting silver in the steeple? I know because of 2017, we're supposed to expect U.S. women to get gold. One, no, two every like that was time. huge. That's amazing, right? It, that's that's new. One, two in the four-minute hurdles. The silver in the in the low hurdles. How about pole vault gold and discus gold? Discus gold for the women. Yeah. That's, cr- that's crazy. Um, no, I'd say the women, if anything, like were exceeded. Like, they were great. The men had some slight letdowns, but whatever that happens yeah well the men had the men had higher expectations because let's go back to doha gold in 100 
gold in the 200 yeah. and on and on and on and on and on. All right. Brazier in the gold, you know, gold and, um, Grand Holloway gold. You yeah. had all, you had all those gold medals. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not a cheerleader or anything like that. I'm just saying because of the point you brought up, because it's not a team sport, I always go to, okay, well, what's, what are you saying is wrong? And if you can point to something, if they could point to something and say, Hey, it was the fact that there was no trading camp or because, or the trials was the wrong time. But they couldn't. None of it was none of it made any sense. It was just getting beat by superior people or underperforming at the wrong time or getting injured at the wrong time. If Brazier was healthy at the trial, Brazier was clearly the US's best hope in the eight hundred. Yes. Obviously. And him getting hurt is a huge blow, not just it's not one of those events where, oh yeah, we got three gold medal contenders. So let's just we're fine. No, that's a huge blow. That's a huge blow. And in retrospect, I mean, not in retrospect because Coleman's already won a gold medal. So we know what he's – but because they're so deep, the U.S. is so deep and the rest of the world wasn't, we thought, okay, U.S. would be fine. But, yeah, that's a huge blow. The guy won gold in 2019 is not there anymore. Okay, so you've already taken two gold medalists off the table from 2019 before the meet even starts. That's tough. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was just, like I said, it was just a bunch of things that happened to go wrong at the same time. That doesn't necessarily mean anything more than that. All right, your fall start of the year. Yeah, this is one that I remember us talking about a little bit, and we got some emails about it too. Um, and a lot of people were, were you know, uh, kind of going, hey, Brazier Hopple is going to be a gold silver. Oh, yeah. Uh, at yeah. the 800. And a lot of people were even saying, it can Hopple, you know, beat Brazier. Is he going to be, is he going to be the guy? And, Honestly, you look at the 800 landscape in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that could that I wouldn't be insane if it happened next year. Um, but uh clearly neither one did much of anything this year. You are correct. Yeah, it was rough. Rough rough year started with the injury and you know, going from 1-4 in 19 to Hopple missed the final. Am I remembering that right? Yes, yeah, he was not in the final. What I'm saying is the U.S. men underperformed in Tokyo, is what I'm saying, and more people aren't talking about it. <laughs> All right, let's go to – what's next? Oh, false finish of the year. False finish of the year. I'll go real quick, and then I'll give you more time since I took all the time for the last one. No, uh, you're good. Mo, Mo Farah. Mo Farah. Mm. I, I think he, he skipped over from, hey, does this guy have one last big run in him to, oh, man, this is it really quickly and it all happened in i think the year 2021 because 2020 i mean he had the hour record yeah which a lot of people don't talk about but he had some 60 minute half marathon or a 60 minute half marathon excuse me and then we go to and then he you know he dnfs in london but okay we're used to that then we get to 2021 and he can't even qualify for the olympics and i wasn't yeah. ready for that phase of Mofero's career yet and it reminds me different caliber, obviously with the gold medals, but Nick Simmons, remember, went from on the team winning USAs to struggling to get out of the rounds and then retiring pretty within the span of a couple of years. And I don't know what's next for Farah. He said he wants to have at least one last meet in the British kit, but it just it escalated really quickly. He's thirty eight. Long career. It was going to catch up to him eventually, but yeah, it was just a, you know, 19. And he ran a 59 minute half in a 205 marathon. 
So to go from that to not being able to get the Olympic qualifying time in the 10, it was just surprising to me. So false finish. Yeah, I expected. Yeah, I just I thought, you know, it was kind of like, hey, can he still win gold? And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But like, I think he could, I, like, I still in my head thought he'd be a medalist. Like, I was like, oh, there's yeah, this still sets up well. And it obviously just was not the case. Um, false finish. I don't even know how this like such a weird false finish. I don't even know fully what that means. I'm sure we started it for some reason. Um, but the finish of some people talking about Kipchoge done being like the dominant force at the marathon. We started this because of wait, why do we start this? I was gonna say Tarmo and Felix, but that's uh that was that was uh dead heat of the year. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I think I just liked it with false start and false finish. Yeah. Like no, a bad I mean, finish. Right. Yeah. So this was more like you know, people just the, calling the takes because it was like, hey, that he finished, you know, in the weirdest year of our lives in twenty twenty and in this weird bubble London marathon, he finished eighth or whatever. And some people were like, Ah, is you know, he'll still be good, but is he going to be, is he still Elliot Kipchoge? And, uh, yeah, spoiler, he was, he is, he's great. And he ran on an airport. So of course, I mean, that was how we knew he was back. But I mean, even going into the Olympics, I think at the time he was like minus 200 or minus 250, which was, I mean, the, you know, should have been easy money, but there was just that little doubt in the back of your minds. Like, is he still the guy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know the answer. Yes, he is absolutely the guy. And we now, he, yeah, he ruins it for everybody else. Because he's the reason you say, well, why can't Farrah just keep going? Right, yeah. It's not fair to judge anyone to his standard because he is impossible. Dead heat of the year. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to say the Women's Athlete of the Year talk. That's, I mean, I know you think it's settled with Rojas and uh, it's not it a is. bad pick at all, but it's just... <clears throat> it's the deepest field ever. Um, I mean, we barely, you know, we briefly brought up Hassan who ran an Olympic triple with two golds and a bronze. <laughs> like, and she, and like, it's not crazy to say she shouldn't have won. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. impossible. Like she also, what set the 10,000 record. I mean, it was broken two days later, but whatever, like she should have like in any year you just go, of course. Yeah. She would have won easily, but uh, did not happen this year. I went with the most famous tie, dead heat tie. I'll say the same thing. Men's high jump at the Olympics. Barshim, yeah. Tamberi. Cool reaction. The world enjoyed it. It was a happy moment. They agreed to share it. There's cool history between the two, which I didn't realize until I was reading some of the stories in the aftermath. Just a wholesome moment. I thought there were some that was awesome. Yeah. That was, that was one of the coolest moments of the year. There was some confusion like, Hey, they can just tie. And, and then when you realize, well, yeah, they can high jumps, a weird competition. You can't just have them keep, keep jumping and going farther and farther right. down. It's not, it's, you know, you can't do the, uh, you know, if they're tied on count back, it's hard to break the tie. Not like a long jump where you can just get the next best mark and then, or shot put and then call it a day. So, it was fun. It was a fun moment, and I think it was cool that there ended up being two golds. One hundred percent. It was literally like one of the those like just heartwarming, awesome Olympic moments. Just how happy they were, and like it, just everything about it was was perfect. Next up, we have the overblown story of the year. I went with 
the illegal track in Tokyo. I had forgotten about that. Most people have because <clears throat> yeah. it wasn't much of a story. But what happened was I think people went in with spikes, spikes, spikes. But then when people ran fast not wearing Nike spikes, it screwed things up. So then they had to pivot. And they're like, all right, what's every th- what does everybody use that, that could be unfair that Jesse Owens and Sebastian Co. couldn't use? And it's this illegal track. <laughs> and it's made with – we read it at the time, the air pockets or something. Yeah, I can't even – yeah. <laughs> makes people fast. So I went with that one. I, I don't think it really escaped the mainstream – or sorry, the niche track world in terms of a talking point. So it may not have been that overblown, but during the Olympics, those you know they're if they're putting it high up in their stories, it's at least getting a mention and it's getting more attention than it would in a non-Olympic year. Certainly a a year where where even if there's no like major controversy attached to it, you put like you, they're trying to make the track like the suits were in swimming back in the day. Right, so that was a bit overblown. Because it didn't help yeah, the men's 800. That's really yeah, not at all. Just yeah, I didn't have a great answer for this. So I just put Cincinnati because we talked about it a lot. And, uh, you know, it's fine. It's Cincinnati. I think we know it's a medium city. It's the, it, it's the medium city. But, man, I think so, we got it. We, we must have talked about it almost every week. Well, I got news for you, Jason, because we got an email from uh, from Jonathan. Yes. Not a running-related email, but I couldn't resist writing after reading the following story. It centers around a quote given in a press conference by Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. He was talking about how the Bengals have been able to avoid a major COVID outbreak so far. Quote, fortunately, there's not a ton to do in Cincinnati, end quote, Burrow said Wednesday. <laughs> Nobody's going out to clubs and bars and getting COVID every weekend, but we've been healthy. Uh, John continues, personally, I've never been to Cincinnati, so I can neither confirm nor deny Burrow's claim, but I found it interesting to hear from one of the city's most prominent citizens on a much-debated topic on the House of Rent podcast. I love it. <laughs> and I want to say it's been overblown, but I kind of like I want Cincinnati just to become to to like keep being a thing. I just think it's it's funny that it's everybody's fallback position that we don't really know what to make of Cincinnati. I enjoy I've always enjoyed their football team though because I like the colors and yeah. they're lovable losers at least during my time of watching football. So, I will pull for I'll pull for the the Bengals in most sporting events. Games of the football is what I'm saying. But yeah, even Joe Burrows. <laughs> Listen, this city where I live and um, face the franchise, not not too much to do here. And that's fine. You know, some cities are just you know they're they're totally fine. And we got some great things about Cincinnati. Um, someone called it Valencia, the Cincinnati of Spain, I think. At yeah, some point. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there was all, all sorts of. Uh, I think that might stuff. have been an insult to Valencia, though. I don't know if that was <laughs> direct as a compliment. Uh, okay, let's keep moving here. Uh, surprise of the year. I went with the men's 100 all around. Not only yeah. Lamont Marcel Jacobs winning gold, but also the trajectory of the up and down season of Trayvon Bromel. The rise of Fred Curley, the results of the four by one. If you want to throw that in to the to the hundred, the only thing that was not a surprise was DeGrasse getting a medal. Everything else was right. was wild. Coleman, if you want to extend, you know Coleman not being there. Although that was was that last year. That was late last year. So, but yeah, it was all 
it was all a surprise because you had the 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 big push from Bromel looked like he's a favorite didn't run well at the Olympics you had the beginning of the year we're talking about can Lyles do the one two double not a factor doesn't make the team Curly drops down from the quarter gets silver Jacobs out of completely nowhere you know was third in his semi <laughs> and then and then wins gold. So it was, and then doesn't compete at all after that. The whole the whole men's hundred was wild. Whole whole season. Yeah, it really was. It was. Uh, I think there was something like twelve or thirteen different guys who went sub nine nine this year too. So like, oh wow. Does uh, does that doesn't happen very often? Obviously, if probably not ever. Um, so yeah, that was a super weird but kind of entertaining year. Um, I kind of picked this, but I'm still going to go with it. Felix winning the medal. Oh, you picked it at the beginning of the year. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think everyone else was surprised. I mean, I was standing there, you know, Mm -hmm. I was believed in Felix. And uh, she won the bronze, and that was awesome. Actually, I'm looking back at your pick. Oh, are you talking about your pre-Olympics prediction, or are you talking about your bold prediction for 2021? I can't remember. Because your bold prediction for 2021, one of them, and we'll go through these next week, you said Felix wins USA's. Mm-hmm. I I want to say I picked her to win a medal at some point, but I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. Oh, you got another? Well, yeah. I mean, throughout the course of the year, you definitely could have. It's not as if you only make one prediction throughout the year. Man, you did good on these. I mean, some of these you did really bad on. Wade Van Niekerk, silver or better. Ooh. Felix wins USA's. Good. 200-400 men's American record. Yikes. But then all three men break the 400-meter hurdle world record. You got that oh, right. Oh, nice. Shout out Allison Dos Santos. I think you oh. probably met Samba. I did, but I'll take it. Doesn't matter. Uh, celebration of the year. What do you got, Jace? Yeah, I was trying to go different from you on this, but because um, I, I, if if a, a zipper stopped Warholm from winning this, um, <laughs> it just took away a little bit of the thing where you could tell he really wanted it to rip, but it just wouldn't quite get there. Oh yeah. So, so uh, Gressier, you know, hurled in the finish tape. That's that's pretty good. I'd never really seen somebody do that. And uh, celebrating with good. the mascot too. Remember the mascot was running. That's right. The mascot him. was good. Uh, yeah, Gressier kind of owned this <clears throat> this uh, category this year. Yeah, there was not. Maybe I'm remembering or not remembering, but there was not a iconic celebration. Maybe crowds were not there, and that was the case. That's right. That's a good point. Um, who was who was the Oregon guy who shushed the crowd in Oregon? Cole Hawker. That was Hawker. Okay, so that gets not celebration of the year because that was the dumbest thing I saw all year. Confusing celebration of the year. Shushing a home. You don't crowd. shush your home crowd when you win a race. <laughs> and nobody was doubting you. Yes, not at all. Like that was that was the weirdest. Like you move. had won three NCAA titles going to that meet. <laughs> you were not the underdog, and you were especially, I guess, because you're going against Centro. It was it was funny funny to me. yeah so that was I, I yeah so that's not celebration of the year not a category but I'm still going with it trash talk of the year I just went with Shakira Richardson all year long I couldn't pick one so that's I, fair I, I give her all of 2021 <clears throat> yeah she's extremely entertaining I look forward to anytime she gets interviewed whether she wins loses whatever because uh, it's really fun uh, speaking of <clears throat> Oregon Milers uh, that Centro Oregon Miler back and forth. <laughs> That happened. Oh, the, poor, um, the kid. Your ran. move, Centro, and then it's just like, dude, you're a four fourteen miler. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> there was just there was some good some good back and forth there. I really really enjoyed that. And it was just uh, 
that yeah. was rough. Centro just taking down a kid. <laughs> like, Poor guy. I wonder if I hope he's okay still. Yeah. That's up. Yeah, it, at the time you're thinking, man, this is kind of this is kind of weird. Centro's Oregon alum. Also, he's not like running that great. She's so like, why is he picking this fight? But then you're also thinking, are these Oregon kids when it push comes to shove with the trials, are they going to end up being that great? And it turns out both of them were great. Like that race was awesome. That yeah. Central Hawker kick the last hundred. It it really now this is the dumbest thing to lead up to it with the your move and your four fourteen miler like you know in terms of quality trash talk was a not it wasn't befitting of of the the two men involved necessarily but the race itself was terrific and they both were ready for that moment and the fact that it was in Eugene was was a lot of fun wish there was a crowd there um, but it was it was cool how it ended up coming down to those two. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that was that was awesome, and it, it you know neither one ended up really looking that great at the Olympics, but uh, Hawker got sixth. It's good, good run. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's I mean, there was a lot of talk about him as a metal threat, and I mean, hey, six is he's still so young, and he'll be he'll be around for a while, which yeah. is which is I'm excited to see what what Hawker does. All right, next up is the gimmick race of the year. Previous winners include Garden Clash, two by two by four. Continental Cup, Sub 2, Nitro Athletics, Gatlin running on a lake, a man running against a solar car in Brussels, a marathon in space. I don't remember what that is. Did 32 by 50 never win this? Well, it's not a gimmick, Jason. It's a real, oh, that's a good point. You're it's right. It's won a lot of other – it's won like – it's one race of the year, I believe. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think 32 by 50 ever won. Okay, I went with uh, Shalane. This isn't a gimmick race, but just – because it was a series of races, and it wasn't really – it was a gimmick in terms of it was a style of racing that we're not familiar with from someone at that level. And it was Flanagan running all the fall ma- marathons Yeah, she could no, and was... running freaking fast in all yeah. of them too. So congrats to her. No, I think that counts. I think, yeah, running six marathons in whatever it was. 40 days. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was nuts. Um, so, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I went with the mixed gender 4 by 4 I'm hoping if I give it an award, it'll just go away. And that'll be the end of the mixed gender 4x4. Trivia question. Who won the mixed gender 4x4 at the Olympics? I'm assuming the U.S.? No. Okay. See, this is the thing. This was one of, of, if not the first final. And this is my my other problem, getting back to something that was nine categories ago that I didn't have enough time to talk about then, but now I'm going to relitigate. With the whole, the U.S. has a medal issue. Or, and then it was U.S. as a gold medal issue. If they just won the stupid mixed 4x4, four four four, whatever the hell it's called, it would have gone away because they would have had a gold in the category. So people would have been like, eh, well, they got a gold already. They're doing okay. But instead it persisted because freaking Poland won, Dominican Republic got second, and the U.S. got bronze. <laughs> Jesus. U.S. ran in the final Ellis, Norwood, Stewart, and Kalen Whitney. I, th- I think if they would have run – their a team they possibly would have beaten poland but they're never going to get the top people running this because the top people for the u.s are just going to be focused on their individual events unless they put the four by four mix at the end and by the end i mean a weekly (laughs) yeah i love where you put that it's sorry it's a trash event i just can't deal with it um okay dnf slash dns of the year so the you know the race 
that didn't happen. Yes. Right? And you could – and usually, you know, a lot of times Kennedy Sipikele wins this, but he did both those fall marathons. I'm blown away still. So that was terrific. Or sometimes it's an event that's a no-show, like previous years. You know, you'll be like, oh, the 100, because not everybody showed up. But anyway, I went with a lot of the fastest women in the 400 this year. And it was all because of extenuating circumstances. So you had Mboma and Maslinki who couldn't run it, mm. right? You had Muhammad and McLaughlin who opted for the four-minute hurdles, of course. Shamir Little ran a really fast quarter, but she put all her eggs in the four-minute hurdle basket. And didn't do it. So you had this – you had Thing Mo who was great but didn't run it because she ran the 800 of the trials. So you had this – you just had a weird situation where a huge percentage of the top – the fastest women's 400-meter runners didn't end up running it in the Olympics, which I thought was notable. So I'm, I'm looking at the list here. So Miller Weibo, Paulino – one, two, but then you have Mboma, three, who didn't run. Uh, McPherson, McCl- uh, Felix, and McLeod. They all did that at the Olympics. But then you have M- Masalingi, seven, a Thingmo, eight, um, Shamir Little, 11. And then, you know, of course, we figure in that what McLaughlin and Muhammad are both good for, what, 49 mid, probably? At least, yeah. Yeah. So just interesting. You know, not the strongest year for this, in my estimation. But it was just one thing that, that jumped out at me where it was like that field that in a in a different year, different circumstances, some people make some different choices. It could have been really good. Oh, and like Shrika Jackson, right? Shrika Jackson jumps in the one and the two and she's great in the one and the two. But imagine if she'd run the four still. You almost could have had a five or six different people in the final, I think. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's a good point. I mean that yeah, that's kind of what happened to the four hundred is what usually happens to the two hundred. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or just, yeah, everyone missed out on it. So um, let's see. As a nominee, I had Ry Benjamin at Monaco because he decided to DNS oh, didn't that run, last yeah. minute. Yeah, I didn't run. Which was, <clears throat> which was really lame because we were all really looking excited, uh, looking forward to that. But my DNF of the year is Kevin naming the 800-meter <laughs> Olympic final in order. Ugh, I'm never going to do this. Okay. Do I get one more try, chance? Absolutely. Let's hear it. I need to hold on. Let me get a pencil out. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually really. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at it this time because I'm already like second guessing myself. All right. Because I need. I need to visualize it. So there were eight men, correct? Nine. Dang it! See, I'm already off. Bad but start. That, <laughs> Bad that start. doesn't count. It does that not count. count. It does not count. All right. So hold on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write some things down on this piece of paper. Because uh, I think if I, I think sometimes I get flustered when you ask me it, and I, f- I forget, um, like which ones you already have. And yeah, which one, yeah, exactly. So I'm writing some names down right now. The problem is I'm al- I'm always one one or two guys short. Yeah, and it really pisses me off because I'm like, oh, next time I'm gonna remember that guy, and I don't remember that guy, and it really bothers me. And I'm like, is he Polish? And you're like, no. And then it's like, um, um, see, I'm a guy short again. Dang it. Mm. 
Okay. Let's just uh, career. Yep. Chariot. Mm-hmm. Dobek. Yep. Bowl. Yes. First four. Bingo. Nine. Murphy. Yep. So five, six, seven. Eight. Amos. Yep. Ah, okay. These are always the three you have trouble with. Yeah, I know. Because there's the Spanish guy. There's Correct. The, there's the French guy. And then there's Correct. the other guy. And I can't remember who the other guy is. And it really bothers me. The other guy is the one that you should actually know. I know. Like and you always say that. You always yeah, say that. The other guy is at least a name I knew before yeah. the season. And then I can't remember the oh, – I, oh, I just remember the other guy's name. Okay. So this could be good. But I can't remember the guy that you're talking about. Okay. Ben. Correct. Fifth. Spain. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so then we have Twal. Correct. And it's France. Is sixth. Seventh. Ah! Mm. And then sixth, I can't. And sixth, this other guy. Okay. This is the closest I've ever gotten. You got to give it to me. Yeah, you're, you're doing well. Uh, first hold, and last name. Hold on. No, 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 no. Oh, don't, okay. Don't tell me. Okay. Because it's not an American. No. It's not a Kenyan. Nope. UK, no. Not France, not Spain, not Poland. It's not boss. Oh, why do we keep doing this? Diamond League guys, Diamond League guys. <laughs> All right, give me a hint. Oh, this is pissing me off. Oh, this is pissing me off. So I don't know why uh, I get so angry about this. First and last name is only four letters each. <laughs> this is embarrassing that I have a podcast and I can't think of this. He's got two medals at at the eight hundred. A silver and a bronze. Silver in 2019. Wait, it's not a Kenyan? It is not. Oh, f- God. Tuca. God damn it. Tuca. Putting my paper away. <laughs> How did I do so that? So close. Six is Tuca. Six is Tuca. Okay. Amel Tuca. Two uh, every time. Good same career. thing. This is just goes to show you that your brain stops working at a certain age. <laughs> Uh, clown of the year. Clown of the year. So mm. the entity or person that has acted clownishly in the last year. And I nominated myself. Not because I got the sixth place finisher wrong repeatedly <laughs> at the Olympics. But no, me for jinxing Noah Lyles by betting my entire house on Noah Lyles, saying he was the lock mm. of all locks. Now, to be fair, I said if I had to bet everything I owned on one athlete, it would be between him and Ryan Krauser. Turns out it should have been Ryan Krauser. <laughs> but I bet it on Noah Lyles. What happens? He gets Bronze doesn't look like himself at all, doesn't run well in the 100, and then he's great at the pre-classic at the end of the year. But by then, I had already lost my house. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, I was with you. I mean, I, I didn't officially bet my house, but I was I was there um, right right along with you. I, <clears throat> I'm sure I've picked them probably before, the schedule makers, not allowing to think most double and whatever other double that people would have wanted because mm-hmm. uh, there was so many, there could have been so many good possibilities, you know? Yeah, that's a frequent winner. I mean, I'm not going to get over it until they just let me do it. Yeah. You know? So easy. So easy. Next category. So Marshall wrote in, and he suggested we should have a Matt Shearer Pacer of the Year Award in honor of the late Matt Shearer. great idea. Um, And he nominated Eric Sawinski for this year. And I think Eric Sawinski should be the winner as Pacer of the Year. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. He said the only 
the rule is that the winner cannot be Wavelight Technology. Mm, agreed. Yeah. No robots winning, winning uh, you know, uh, houses. Yes, exactly. All right, let's go. Worst mainstream running moment of the year. Oh, it looks like this one's unanimous. We both went with Richardson's suspension. Yeah, and last year we went with Coleman's suspension, both of us. I, it, <laughs> there weren't a ton of, like, other ones that got mainstream attention, I feel like. Yeah. And so, you know, there were some, there were some takes out there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot, but not, not the kind of attention we would have wanted. Yeah, and it wasn't focused on running. It was more just it devolved into this thing about which drug should be on the list and which shouldn't. And then I remember there was a particularly dumb tweet that went viral about javelin throwers being high from some ESPN right. personality. <laughs> and it just it just got to a real, real rough spot. And um, listen – People were interested in track. That's something, but not in the ways we would have hoped. But I think you're right. It get it raised her profile probably as much as if she anything short of winning. I think it raised her profile. I don't know. Maybe maybe she went to the Olympics and, and she got silver or bronze. It just would have you know people would have seen her run and it would have been awesome. But it was uh, it, it it seemed to just capture the sports and not just sports. I remember like didn't Biden comment on it too. Because people from all over so. weighing in and voicing support or opposition, so it, it it seemed to galvanize people more than any other race that she could, any race that she could have run. But I put it as worst mainstream running moment, best mainstream running moment, just in terms of popularity. I went with DK Metcalf running the hundred. I know some people didn't like it, but he had a sprinter go out there. Uh, he got beat badly, so the track people got to say, you know, loved it. Got to yep. say, hey, we're we're still good, and. um it was just weird. People r- tuned in to watch a meet in was it April or May <laughs> in, an, in an Olympic year. And I give credit to him for running, and it was fun. A lot of bad takes along with that one too, uh, both too fast and too slow. Right. Yeah, but, that was – I was again, having a hard time like thinking of the mainstream. And you think in an Olympic year there would have been more. But I just didn't – I couldn't remember like major – mainstream stories um that were happening throughout the year so yeah i had to go with metcalf as well because that was i thought that was fun and him finishing last or second to last i can't remember but that was kind of the perfect perfect result but it was fun and he had a cool like he had a good like experience with it and a good vibe about it like just yeah the whole thing was like kind of how these things should be yeah ten three six ninth in his heat which was last but yeah he beat he beat someone from the other heat they made a listen about how he was too big, and that's why he didn't run that fast. But anyway, put all that aside, it, just, it, it got people watching a Saturday morning track meet in the early spring, mid-spring, whatever. Relay leg of the year. Let's keep going here because you don't sound like you're getting any better. Uh, Thingmo, 4x4, 48-3. I think, you know, put somebody else on the anchor. Maybe they could have run as fast, but Mo's the one who did it, and she brought it home. Yeah, I really was, like, kind of – digging through everything like okay there has got to be another great relay leg of the year but n- not better than a 19 year old running 48.3 and i mean we already wanted her to run the 400 because she'd run good 400 times too yeah but once she ran 48.3 split it was like please let me just watch her race shawnee miller Weibo, like please because i want to see that i think the reason i picked it too was because we got the relay team that everybody wanted or i don't want to say everybody but it really was a dream team 
where you got the two 400-meter hurdles superstars and Allison Felix and a thing Mo. Yeah. And it came together somewhat smoothly without much acrimony because Felix got the bronze. Like, you had to give her that spot. And then the three people who didn't run the open four had all proved themselves. You know, Mo this year. And right. then McLaughlin and Muhammad, you do basic math. It's like you're running 51 mid with hurdles. You're going to be pretty good without the hurdles. <laughs> anyway, I, so I, I think that's why I picked it. I always go back to Felix's 47.7 of being the greatest 4x4 run I've ever – leg I've ever seen. And so this was slower than that, obviously, but it was still it was still exciting just to watch all them together on a track. I guess you could say the anchor, the anchor leg from – you know, between Italy and – Great Britain was exciting to watch in the men's yeah. by one too. Yeah, I, I, I've got Italy uh, in a couple couple spots here. Oh, okay. I won't. I won't uh, spoil it then. Record of the year. Um, I went with you know obviously Warholm and McLaughlin, but I went with Gaudet's half marathon. Just I wanted to spread around the wealth a little bit here, mm. and you you put it on the form charts, and it's ridiculous how fast that thing was. <laughs> so yeah. I it's hard to compare a four hurdle race to a half marathon, but in terms of distance running, going sixty two fifty two was preposterous and is still difficult to fully conceptualize how fast it was. So I, I gave it to her. Now I thought those other two were obviously more significant, but in the spirit of spreading the wealth around a little bit here, I would I would go get a. And it's not as if sixty two fifty two it doesn't stand on its own. It does. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I mean that that, that time was was incredible, and and sixty two fifty two looks, you know, almost as ridiculous as forty five ninety four, but not quite as ridiculous. So Carson Warhol, forty five ninety four. Sorry, good day. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I just couldn't with with how you know I knew Warhol was going to break it, and I knew he was going to you know even shatter it i 45 did not enter my realm of of possibilities and i guess just the buildup of warholm the the couple years worth of 47 o's and 46 highs oh yeah and i know he broke it pre-olympics but just <clears throat> getting to that moment and then running 45 9 and his reaction and everyone's reaction was just like oh my god like i just i'll just never forget that yeah 100 percent, 100 percent Okay, uh, team of the year. This is tough. I mean, you go U.S. Women's four by four because they dominate. I just I put the Newbury Park boys cross country team. Just mm. cause it's good. You, you you had the greatest team assembled, and I'm trying to think of what other teams we saw this year. Be it relay teams, be it collegiate teams, it could, we could say, oh, that's the best ever. And there's not very many. I mean, maybe there was some. You know, Swedish high school four by four that was the greatest Swedish high school four by four team ever. But I, I mean, I'm a little being a little biased here towards the, the U.S. Yeah, no, I mean what they did was was absurd. Um, as another nominee, I put the Bucks. I mean, we, we gave them a lo- <laughs> we gave them a lot of talk throughout the year, and they 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 came through. So that nice. was pretty special. Uh, I'm going with Italy though. They won the four by one. You'd pick Lamont Jacobs, Tampiri. Both 20K race walk golds, men's and women's. Sweet, baby. <laughs> you know, definitely didn't just notice that as I was scrolling all the medalists. Um, but that's a pretty monster year for Italy. So Yeah. Oh, 100%. Italy's was, awesome. So, sure, why not? 
Yeah, they ran off a bunch of wins in a row there. I mean, the whole the whole idea that the the dominance of the sprints for the men was was unexpected to say the least. I think if you didn't follow track and you tuned in, you're like, oh, I guess Italy's really made some strides in the sprints. But I know, maybe maybe a little bit. But if they had won bronze, bronze in the four by one in the hundred, it would have huge, been amazing. Huge. Yeah, though <laughs> they won gold, gold. Like, yeah. there's no chance. All right, let's go to underrated performance of the year. I went with Nian Saba post-Olympics just because that part of the season is weird. So she goes to the Olympics. She gets DQ'd in the 5,000 and gets fifth in the 10,000. Like, all right, solid. She's went from the 800 to competitive in the, in the distance races, but then post post Olympics, she just goes off. She goes to pre and runs nine flat, for two miles. Then she runs at 819 in the 3K in Paris. Then she does the Diamond League um, race, the 5,000s, and she goes 1425 in Brussels. Then she wins the Diamond League final on that weird track in Zurich and goes 1428 and then caps it all off with the illustrious 2K world record, the shortest distance with which she can legally compete, right. 521. Uh, she also ran a 15K. So just every race was was spectacular for her post post Olympics. That's a really good one. Yeah, that's. I mean, she was she was unbelievable. Um, any similar way, Mboma switching to the 200 from being the 815, and then ending up with silver. Like I I know we've talked about it, but I still feel like it's like that's you mean 400 this, 400 so 400. Excuse me. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why, but 200. I'm sorry. Um, but, well, no, she went 400 to the 200. Well, she yeah, she'd run the 8 a bunch too, hadn't she? In Boma? No. Unless no? I'm totally missing on something. Now I'm Googling. I, I know. I thought she had run other stuff too. I know she had run the absurd time this year at the eight at the 400. Eh, I guess maybe not much of an 800 eight runner. You're, you're right. 203. 203. But I'm, I'm, yeah. I think you're thinking of her. I know she had run the of... absurd time in the in the 4. Um, yeah, 48.5. Amid... Yeah. And then they... Um, but that was just just switched to the two and finish silver to mm-hmm. Elaine Thompson is you know pretty insane. And then Curly, we got it, we gave it a ton of attention early, like when he decided to do it because it seemed insane. Mm-hmm. Switched the four to the one and one two kind of. Yep. Um, and the fact that he won silver, which was you know maybe that's what he would have done in the four hundred anyway. You don't Hard. win silver, Jason. You lose gold. Right. Yeah. But uh, I'd say that's. That was crazy. I, I still can't believe like he just decided to make that switch and that it worked. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, probably best case scenario, he could have been a silver medalist at the 400, but I think he could have won it, but that's probably just me in retrospect being like, well, if he's that good in the hundred, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think he, I don't think he was winning that 400. Um, yeah, but I don't think he would have gotten silver in the hundred either. That's my point. It's like it's weird to to play the w- what if with him because everything defies convention. It's so strange. I just think Gardner is like clearly, a, you know, has been clearly better. Um, yeah, but is this a new cur? Like, is has this Curly been there all along, or is this a new Curly? Like, did Curly always have this hundred meters ability in him, or is the fact that he's better in the hundred, or the, not that he's better in the hundred, is the fact that he's like really good in the hundred? A medal 100 means that now he's also a faster 400 meter runner. That's what I don't know. That's what I need to. That's what that's I want to know. Good question. Did, I mean, he 
pretty much came out of the gate pretty good at the hundred, right? Like, I mean, he was on some nine nines, and then, and then obviously dropped it down. But you know, bear, you know, got on the team, missed the team in the two, right? Like he had run some four, like some hundreds and like four by ones at Texas A and M. But you go back, he had not run a serious hundred at the pro level or like at the collegiate level, really, except in realize. So the I don't know if the ability was always just there or he got or maybe he was like a 10 flat guy all along and then right. he got way better this year but if he got way better this year you'd think okay he's going to be special in the four I'm just curious to know what he's going to do next year man yeah I guess if you have the choice between running the one and two or the four you <clears throat> you go with the shorter events because yes. it's easier yeah. Um, yeah. you know he ran a couple 400s in May and June and that was when he was kind of consistently running nine nines yeah and a nine eight, and he ran forty four six and forty four seven. Um, man, I don't know. I guess it'll be I interesting. I, I guess know, we, yeah. you know, if Coleman comes back too, like does that does that change things? Or if Norman's still kind of MIA, does that change his thought? I don't know. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, coolest running moment of the year. I picked the back to back nights with four hundred meter hurdle world yeah. records because. In the United States, this is a U.S. centric show. Well, not U.S. centric show, but we are U.S. centric hosts because we live in the United States. I'll say that they were on in prime time, which is weird because they were both on at nine a.m. in Tokyo. But it made it feel like a real big time sporting event here in the United States, which for us who follow this very closely, it's just awesome when the whole world the whole sporting populace is exposed to the best of the sport and they got that in back-to-back nights and it was great yeah i mean those were those will be the highlights to this year i mean forever for me um some other good moments uh we mentioned felix medaline but that was really cool muir finally getting her medal yeah really cool as well the high jump double gold that you mentioned earlier was one of the cooler moments for sure too but I, i just don't know how you top um the hype that went into those and then just like I said, over delivering and it was just, I, there's nothing that's going to be better than that. Yeah. In prime time. I mean, just made it spectacular. A uh, coach of the year coach. Who do you got? Yeah. I got Billy Donovan uh, bulls, you know, <laughs> 22 and 10 right now. Um, even with all the, the COVID situation, uh, just beat up, just, just beat the Hawks again tonight. So, Oh wow. Back to back against back the to Hawks. back. Yeah. Um, you know, could, could, Put Coach Bud on there too. You know, won the championship. That, that was a good option. But uh, I don't know. I'm high on the Bulls right now. I'm just seeing this. Oh, did the, the Hawks don't have any players though, right? Uh, Trey Young was playing. Oh, Capone's um, playing. Reddish yeah. is playing. So they got, you know, they got, it's, and the Bulls are still missing some of their guys too. Still missing Ball? <clears throat> still missing Ball and uh, Caruso. Caruso. All right. And a couple other, you know. Not as not quite as important, guys. You got to Sumner. You can do anything. That's what I, I love. I love me some IO. All right, let's go next category. So, but yeah, I agree. Billy Donovan, clearly the uh, running coach of the year. Um, <laughs> hold on. Uh, email of the year. We're gonna get to voicemailer. Voicemail. Email. We're gonna get to that in a second. Meet of the year. I don't think we need to talk too much about this. The Olympics. Yep. Congratulations. Somehow pulled it off. Um, best double. This is a trick question. I went with Elaine Thompson. Hurrah. Even though she technically tripled, but the relay, I'm not counting it. So 100, 200. Yep. And I went with a triple as well. Uh, Safan Hassan. First time mentioned in the spot. Yes, which is insane. 
Sorry, Stefan. Um, the I totally forgot that happened this year award goes to who do you got? Uh, I've got the Linden 50k world record. Okay, I totally spaced that. I'm glad she did it because I, you know, it's just fun when a marathoner says, "Hey, I'm going to take over this." And I know ultra runners say, "Hey, that's not an ultra." But but she did it, and it was cool. <laughs> I went with Kipchoge Airport Race. I mentioned it earlier in the pod, but that's only because I looked it up because yeah. I was doing research for this show. The Olympics were awesome and dominant, and that was a truly vintage Kipchoge performance. But he did race at an airport this year, and you know the guy only races really two times a year max so it should be easy to keep track of his races and right. yet with 2020 things got scrambled he lost it was weird and then he showed up to an airport and ran 204 which is terrific uh the come back to us we miss you award i went with the regular marathon schedule i know we're not going to get that mm. for at least another year because london's going to stay in the fall because it's tough to do back-to-back fall and spring um but I feel very confident in my predictions about where the pandemic's going. So I'm going to say very soon we're going to – just kidding. I don't know. I love it. I just – I thought I'd like all the – I thought it would be kind of a fun quirk with all the majors on top of it, on top of each other. And I prefer it the old way after going through it once. So hopefully we can do it. Yeah. I Yeah. I'm all about that. Um, I have Van Niekirk and Michael Norman. I just want the 400 to be back. Um. Because I love the 400, and it's great. And uh, both of those guys. I think Van Eekers won this thing a couple times before, um, but he will continue to be my nomination until he announces his retirement. Steven Gardner, not... Uh, you know, well, he's Steven. back. He's great. He's okay. just waiting for the other guys to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, too, he's, he's the best, but like he needs these guys to push him so he can have another, you know, Karani James, LaShawn Merritt, Wade Van Eekirk situation. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so we have a few categories left. Best song, and then voicemail, voicemailer, email, emailer. So we have five left plus sentence of the year uh, where we pull out a great sentence. And I don't even remember it, but you said something about chocolate lava cake two episodes ago. (laughs) That's right. I'm going with that. Okay, that was good. Uh, I got two. Um, both were from Twitter and one was David Rudisha tweeting happy birthday to the man in the middle. Continue growing old slowly. That was Rudisha wishing Rudisha happy birthday. <clears throat> and the other one was Asbel Kiprop tweeting Asbel Kiprop is the first world and Olympic champion to be falsely accused of doping. Uh, so the way to so, win is just to refer to yourself. If you're, if you're, if you're one of the, you know, one of the greats in your sport, you refer to yourself in the third person and your whole Twitter persona is kind of just like an enigma, then yeah, you're probably yeah. going to win. Okay. All right. Well, take me through these last five categories here, Jace. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see. I guess we'll go with uh, – well, I'll go with the emailer and voicemailer of the year. Um, Marshall won it last year. He's continued just to dominate kind of this year. Um, it's not all about just putting forth the most emails, but when you just continually just giving us good stuff for the show and – you know, you keep it entertaining and fun. And sometimes it's two or three emails. <laughs> like I, I, I gotta, I, I support that. And it's, it's, it's a big help to us. Cause sometimes we don't have a ton to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 
hundred percent. What's the what was the total? Did you have the total? Oh, you know what? I did it earlier, and I I meant to write it down, and I did not. Because you have the total, and it's always some way bigger number. Okay, so that's emailer of the year. Yes, that is emailer of the year, and then voice mailer of the year. Okay, go ahead. So, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, was the only person to send more than one. <laughs> that's chief. We're not and giving one voice mail lines in a row. Um, yeah, and we need to send so. him. We need to send him a like golden boss. He texted us the other day too. You and I. That's we right. Should, he he should win the texter of texter the year of the year as well. Um, I want to see if he. We never texted back too. You're just, Ultimate Crans gives us some text from time to time too, though. So I might have some competition. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me see what Chief texted. Um. Oh, here we. Go. Oh, this was when we recast Ted Lasso. He says Nick Willis is Roy Kent. Urban Meyer is Ted Lasso. <laughs> Nick is soft-spoken, but not afraid to drop an F-bomb. Urban is trying to rebuild his career after being fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban applied for the job that he thinks is a running back coach, but it's a running coach. <laughs> That's clever. I like that. See, he's good. Yeah. Text of the year right there. Okay. Um, oh yeah, so voicemail. and then... So I think Marshall sent 83 emails also. Okay. That's a tough. That's pretty good. That's tough thing to match. Yeah. That's okay. a lot of that's a lot of content, you know. That's what it's all about. All that content. <clears throat> um, we'll go with song of the year. It's the first time Scooter's had some competition, I think, since the world record and American record songs. Um, back in the day. Yeah. So you've got. I, I think these were the only ones that were sent in this year. Looking up the schedule by Scooter. Looking up Julian's tweets by Scooter. Vienna by Scooter and Vienna by Trevor. Yeah. Sent within hours of each other, I believe. Um I love the looking up the schedule, I love the looking up the tweets, but to me it came down to Vienna. And I'm sorry, Scooter. I'm going to give it to Trevor. What? He he did the full the full thing. Uh both equally beautiful singing voices. Um but it was it was tough. It was a real tough call. So I gave it to both of them. I know you have the you have the say over who wins this one. But... No, no I, I think I only officially get the emailers and voicemailers because okay. I'm the only one willing to look through all those. I, I looked at it as a collab here. Okay, that's it was fair. terrific that they both independently came up with the idea after the guy got disqualified for wearing illegal Also, one shoes. of the best moments of the year is the fact that they both came up with it right at the same time. Yeah, and can we pl- do you have Trevor's song? Can we play that one right now? Absolutely. Um, since you think it, it won, which is that's fine, we can play it again. But we promised songs at the beginning of the pod. I think you should play this one because he does it from the perspective of the the shoes, correct? Yeah, and it's I mean, <clears throat> and normally you know his was his was a lot longer. Uh, but we you know Scooter has done the the full versions of songs before too. Yeah, and yeah. I think you said, hey man, keep it to one verse. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's we, we we don't need the the the, the line to cut out. But do, do you have Trevor? I want to play it. Uh, yeah, I got it right here. All right, let's, let's, let's run that. Slow down your controversial shoe. You're so damn fast you're gonna get DQ'd. But if you're just too tall, tell me why are they all so afraid? 
talking nerd sports be this suspicious it was only 209 no need to be so vicious you're just doing your job helping your man through the race the race but you know that when your hat gets checked they're gonna throw out the win and victory is wrecked they're gonna take back and reassign the giant prize check to when will you realize Vienna's outlawed you? Don't cry, they just got racing goggles Even though you're just a trainer meant for hobby joggers Cause it isn't like someone would purposely try to cheat But tell me, is it all just theater? Got everybody fighting over Millimeters went too far when he swapped out his shoes. Premier, Premier. You got your fashion, you got stack height, but carbon fiber super shoes are vilified. Well, how come it doesn't matter, man? That's a rule. Ooh, why don't you realize the majors don't want you? Was it worth all the sacrifice as long as slow housewives purchase shoes at full price? Well, it's not like they can't afford to buy a pair or two. Ooh, in the consumer's eyes, it's alpha flies or you. You know that when the truth gets told That all Adidas cares about is how much product is sold Nobody ever stops to think about how it affects you Ooh, why don't they realize Prime X has feelings too When will they legalize Vienna's outcast shoes I mean, I forgot how good that was. The for, he can sing, which we talked about. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's very good. The guy good. can sing. The guy um, can sing. And the production, the timing, it was funny. It was revealing. I learned some about myself. I'm surprised was he's an, playing piano too. I honestly don't know, but <laughs> it sounds like he could be because that's you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Primex was the name of the shoe, right? Yes, I believe okay. so. The illegal shoe. I'll, I'm gonna so I'm gonna change it. Trevor gets song of the year. Okay. Scooter gets album of the year. Ooh, I and like the it. Album was 2021 House of Run voicemails because <laughs> he had so many songs. Yes. No, I love right. it. Yeah, that's it's it's the songs never fail to make me smile. It's still just so good. Yeah, it was terrific work all year by every song. Okay, so we got two left: voicemail of the year and email of the year. Is that correct? <clears throat> that is correct. Yeah. So these are the final final ones. Um, so yeah, it was tough. I was trying to. <sighs> Decide, you know, because there's a bunch of chief emails and then there was or voicemails, excuse me, and then there was two other voicemails possibly to choose from. Um, but there's something about when Julian calls. Oh, it's so satisfying. Do and you have that? I do. I, I guess you know we'll find out how Julian's feeling about this situation. Hey, House One, I'm pissed. I tried to get tickets for the World Championships in Oregon, and guess what? I am broke as shit. 
not really broke, but I ain't like rich like buying tickets for the world track and field championships in Oregon, rich. Bill Gates ain't no track fan. Jeff Bezos ain't no track fan. Elon Musk ain't no track fan. Who the hell is going to at them prices? It's ridiculous. The tickets are too damn high. I love track, but not that damn much. Mortgage my house to, to go watch that. God, that <laughs> and it cuts off right there. Sorry, that's uh, just this at a loss after a while. You know, he's so pissed, he just gets lost. He gets gets a loss there. Um, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just you know, everyone loves when Julian calls and is pissed. It's just it's one of our one of our great joys of the show. Yeah, it's like a. Eclipse. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's terrific. So, congrats, Julian, uh, on another housey. Uh, we are to the last category: email of the year. Again, Jason gets to pick. Yeah, this is so hard. Through. I mean, I, I go through as many as I can, and, and I'm trying to read them all and seeing like, hey, what what sticks out, and <clears throat> I'll end up sending a bunch of them to myself, and then have to to lure it down. But I'm going with this one. One of our favorites who's been emailing for a long time, a Laura, but not our Laura. She sent this email. Um, Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot for the NHL team, recently put a call out on Twitter for things people wanted to see him do. Having just listened to an episode of the pod, I asked Gritty to race a zebra, a la Sean Crawford, in the intro. And Gritty has delivered. So then she attaches from Twitter, please enjoy the six-second video of Gritty racing a zebra. And thank you for inspiring this beautiful moment. And Gritty ends up racing a big inflatable zebra into the camera. And it's fantastic. <laughs> like, I just, the fact that she thought to make uh, that a thing. And then that, not only that, but they responded and, and made it happen. Yeah, Gritty's iconic. Um, Gritty is iconic. And for a newer mascot, too, hasn't been around too long, but everyone seems to love him because he's in, kind of insane looking. Um, but yeah, raced a zebra. So good. Got 60 retweets. Seven quote tweets and f- over 1,000 likes. Boom. So there I mean, go. that's, yeah. Well done, A Laura, but not our Laura. <laughs> Spreading the word here. This is back in, in May. Well, I'm looking at the original tweet. There was 279 responses to it from Grit. So, yeah. So I don't know how many they did, but. Yeah. It got, it got selected. So well done. Well done. I know, yeah, there was so many emails. To choose from, and some of them are hysterical. We got, I mean, five or ten or something that just for today's show that we're going to hold until next week's show, just in the interest of time. But yeah, thanks to everybody who wrote in. Uh, it's been a another crazy and unpredictable year. Hopefully, the twenty twenty two season will mirror that of life, and we'll get closer to some degree of normalcy. But it's been fun doing the pod. I think we only skipped one week. This, yes. this week. So we went 51 for 50. How many weeks are there in a year? 52? So 52. 51. But then we actually had a couple of extra Olympic pods. So we probably still did more than 52. Gotcha. There we go. So you get exactly what you pay for. Next week's show, we will have our predictions for 2022. Yes. We will reflect on our 2021 predictions and then we'll read a bunch of emails. So write in more emails. Uh, if you can, the email address is houseofrun at gmail.com. If you want to do a last-minute 
uh, award nominee, that's fine. But send in your own predictions too because those are fun because then you can refer back to them throughout the year when the person you predicted to do really well is doing really well. And you can say, hey, look, just just uh, just refreshing, just bumping this to the top of your inbox. I yeah, have that's... I have Twill of France or Spain <laughs> getting gold and a Mel Tuca getting silver. Well, that's the thing too. So yeah, if you throw out your hot takes – we won't remember the ones that miss, but you get that one that hits. Exactly. And yeah, it's it's so satisfying. So absolutely. Thank you everyone for, for listening, for emailing, for everything. It's uh I always have so much fun doing the show, even though I hate Kevin. <laughs> Despise my co host, but love the show. Um, all right, that's it for this year in the House of Run podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Jason, I hope you feel better and we'll talk to you guys next week. Jess Gannis. Happy New Year.